You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. As promised yesterday, usually our Twitter Tuesday episode, we get to a bunch of questions, and there was a big trade with Sam Donald heading to the Carolina Panthers, no longer quarterback of the New York Jets. We had to cover that, so today... We will make this your show and get into your questions. A ton of stuff about the NFL draft and what's going on in the league right now. Um, at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can tag me. Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt Williamson. That is where you always want to find us if you want to get involved in any of these mailbag episodes. And we'll do another one next Tuesday. And we'll be doing them every Tuesday leading up to the draft, except for... Actually, yeah, we're going to continue to do it through... Our ultimate mock draft, which is going to be coming up as well, Matt, which is always a fun feature. Yeah. It's not going to be our on our channel this year, so we're going to still do our regular shows and be um, part of the extravaganza of the ultimate mock draft 2021, which more details to come on that. It's going to be a lot of fun and even some more heavy hitters joining this along with the uh, local experts this year, so I can't wait for that. No, that's going to be a blast. It's one of the best things the network does all year long, so... Uh, really looking forward to it. We have some some big time dudes join the parade too this year, so it's yeah, going to be a blast. Absolutely. The Carolina Panthers. I guess we should start there because obviously we talked about how it it affects other teams and quarterbacks, but we didn't really even talk that much about now. What do the Panthers do at pick eight? I think it still could be a quarterback, yeah. and we talked a little bit about that. But uh, UNC Navy O three on Twitter had the question with Darnold now a Panther. What do they do with eight? Left tackle, cornerback, linebacker, trade back. Do they still look at quarterback? Maybe a quarterback later in the second and third. He thinks if Sewell is there, draft him. If not, trade back. And with a potential slide in mind, get Farley late first and replace draft capital lost in the trade. Your thoughts now on the Carolina Panthers and the options that have opened wide up for them at number eight. Yeah, it's interesting because I just started doing a mock, and maybe we will go over that Thursday or Friday. I'll have it done tonight for Pro Football Network. Um, And they are a little bit difficult. I mean, when you start mocking things up, it's not crazy for Sewell. I don't know if they would go with Chase or one of the Bama guys, but Sewell or Pitts could fall there. I mean, especially if five quarterbacks go you know, super early, and then you need three skill guys to fall to you. I don't think Rashawn Slater would be a terrible consolation prize, but I think Sewell and Slater absolutely should be in play. He mentioned corner, and I'm all on board with that, and I wouldn't hesitate to take Sertain at eight either. But to his point, that might be four or five guys sitting there at eight that you're comfortable with. If you could move to 11, 12 in that neighborhood, pick up more draft capital, maybe you get a next year second in the deal, to kind of wash away the the Darnold, you know, expenses. I think that makes a lot of sense, but I would lean more towards offense. I mean, Pitts to me is the home run who can't get there. I mean, I, I, I believe he's the best player in his draft. It's not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, but boy, if you could get him, wow. I mean, Darnold would love that. Sewell would be one wonderful. Slater would be great. Certain's the defensive name I would mention. I saw somebody mention Vernon Davis when it came to Kyle Pitts as you know a, a top five top 10 caliber tight end prospect and uh, I think Pitts is better because he's looser as an athlete like 
Vernon Davis was a freak of nature, but he was so rocked up and, and so tight. Everything was straight line-ish with him. Kyle Pitts is a legit route runner. Uh, there was, I saw some cut-ups yesterday of Pitts, and I hadn't watched Pitts in a while because I remember watching him early in the process. I was like, well, this guy's a stud, and I kind of just didn't go back to him. It's kind of like the Trevor Lawrence thing. Well, he's going number one. I don't need to study him anymore because we already know what's going to happen there. Um, and so watching a little bit more Pitts, it's just amazing how good of a route runner he is. He can legitimately, and he did against uh, a first-round corner in J.C. Horn, who was manned up against him. He was breaking off slant routes on a first-round type corner. So he's a route runner, and he's an athletic freak, and he can go up and get the ball, a red zone weapon. So, I mean, I love Kyle Pitts. I didn't really mean to get off on that tangent. But if he's there at eight, absolutely. But he's not going to get to eight because I think he's going to be the first non-quarterback off the board in this draft and go in the four, five, six range. Um, But similarly to how Miami moved back up to six, I think if... Quarterback is out of the conversation for the Panthers, and I don't know that it is fully. They could have one of those top three guys still fall to them if four or five quarterbacks go at the top of the draft. And maybe that was part of their thinking. Maybe they were evaluating all these players and they thought, well, we really like three quarterbacks. I don't think one's going to get to us. If he does, maybe we'll still draft them. But if not, that means if four or five quarterbacks are going in front of us, then uh, we're going to have our pick of one of the top players in the draft. So I think that's probably the best scenario for the Panthers and probably what they're doing is like look we have x amount of players that we love and if not we're open for business and we can move back so I would imagine Sewell Chase Pitts maybe one of the quarterbacks or they're absolutely fielding calls but the problem is you need two to tango when it comes to trading back so uh pick eight is tough because I know when we did our mock draft earlier in the week when we sort of redrafted the top 12 after the big trade we had Cincinnati moving back with the Panthers with and Carolina. since he was at eight, yeah. but, but they ended up being just outside of Sewell chase Pitts. all went right in front of them. So uh, I have a feeling at eight, they might be just on the outside of that. And I think one of the quarterbacks, uh, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying it. I, I fully believe five quarterbacks aren't going in the top eight or in the top seven, at least one of those quarterbacks is going to be there for Carolina. So that's where the decision comes. Do they take the quarterback still, even though they've got Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I like where they're sitting. The more I've thought about this trade, the ramifications, you know, the what's next side of it, I really like where Carolina sits now. And some of that's taking a leap of faith that they like Darnold and Darnold's going to work out and they're probably going to stick there. But like you said, I mean, even if it is Mac Jones that's sitting there at eight, let alone if it's Fields or somebody like that, I would certainly think at a minimum Denver's going to call you to swap eight and nine. But, you know, Carolina can move all the way down to 15 with the Patriots, maybe pick up their first round pick. And so you lose your second next year and pick pick up the Patriots first next year. And maybe at 15, you still get Farley, like this guy mentions, or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, a, a defensive piece that you like a lot, Micah Parsons or, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of things on defense they could go. Um, if Pitts is there, I run it up. If Sewell's there, I'd have a hard time passing on. I don't think Pitts will be there. And to your point, I think he's clearly the best player in this draft that's not a quarterback. So I think they have a lot of options and exciting ones. You know, some of these teams, like like where Minnesota sits, like probably won't be a premium guy. You'll get Vera Tucker or somebody like that, and that's okay. It's fine. But where they sit, it could be really enticing. I'm trying the whole time you're talking there. I'm racking my brain. Okay, who's moving up? What is the position? What is what is happening there? What about is there enough a gap at wide receivers where a team wants to get up to eight and let's say Waddle and Chase are off the board? 
and there's a flurry of action for a team going up to get Devontae at eight, maybe. Um, I, I'm trying to maybe. think of quarterbacks aside. What would be a player that a team is trying to get up and get? I would think wide receiver. And I would think it'd be Chase. Offensive tackle, maybe. Maybe Sewell's still on the board or something like that. Um, maybe... Maybe certain to yeah. get ahead of Dallas. Maybe corner, just because a team like let's say sixteen, sixteen with uh, Arizona Cardinals, who have been mocked corners in almost every mock draft. What if they're thinking, man, I don't think that the top couple of guys are going to get to us. We're not sure about Farley's back, so let's get up in front of Dallas and get a corner. Yeah, uh, corner makes sense because I feel like certain Horn gap. And starting with Dallas, there's a lot of teams that need corners. Well, starting with Carolina, I guess there's a, a lot of teams that could use a corner, including Philly. Um, I, I think New England could go that route. Yeah. I don't know if Stephon Gilmore is going to last there a long time. The Chargers, the Vikings, certainly the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals would be a good trade-up team. Denver, too. And um, yeah, Interesting. Yeah, and then the fifth quarterback, obviously, will be out there somewhere. I do think four quarterbacks are going in the top five or six, but maybe in the top four, but the fifth is the question. Does every team really like all five? Or does some teams like these two and this two and or this three and not the other two guys? So that's what's going to be fun on draft day. Where all the quarterbacks go is going to decide where everybody else ends up landing on draft day. Okay, much more about the NFL draft. More of your questions coming up on this Wednesday episode of Peacock and Williamson. Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up and I'll tell you how you can get tasty treat a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar right now i'm staring at a box of built bars that i built myself you can mix and match three flavors i love the peanut butter i also wanted to try some other flavors so i went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors cookies and cream 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. How about this one? Speaking of where those quarterbacks will land, and there's obvious strengths and weaknesses to all the quarterbacks, I think I've got a really good feel for these quarterbacks and how I like them and how they are ranked and how they fit in in the NFL uh, brick by brick 2021 says, what's the deal with Trey Lance's accuracy issues? Is it as bad as Fields throwing motion? Uh, first of all, to that, I'll say, I don't think Fields throwing motion is that bad. People have talked about his elbow is above the ball. You know, it's a little bit of an elongated. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they can tighten that up a little bit in the NFL, but it doesn't affect him at all. He gets the ball out fast enough. I think he could probably be a little bit quicker on the trigger as far as his release, but uh, he's the most accurate quarterback in the class, even more accurate than Mac Jones on balls over five yards, and he's been asked to make the most difficult throws of all the quarterbacks in the draft, Justin Fields has. Uh, he threw the lowest percentage of RPOs and screen passes of all the top quarterbacks in this class. So um, to that degree, Fields throwing motion doesn't bother me at all. Trey Lance's accuracy issues is not a massive thing, uh, but he's the least accurate of the top quarterbacks. And when you add that to one year, one double A experience, as a starter, how young he is, 
there's so much projection with Trey Lance. There's so much boom or bust there, which is why I don't think he's going to end up in the top three. And it's it, it takes a lot of guts for a team to move up to four to draft someone like Trey Lance. So um, to me, there's a top three that's really clearly becoming the top three in my mind. And Fields is that third guy. And he's tight for me with Zach Wilson and uh, to me, Mac Jones just doesn't have the complete package. Uh, we saw how tough it was for Tua going from Alabama. And and the more I watch Mac Jones, it's like, yes, he he's a quick processor. He is accurate. Physically, he doesn't come close to these guys, but he was never under pressure, and his receivers were always wide open. In fact, PFF yeah. graded Alabama's wide receivers better than Joe Burrow's wide receivers last year. And as we know now, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall. Those were the receivers that Joe Burrow was thrown to last year. Alabama's receivers this year for Mac Jones were actually graded higher, even though they lost a couple to the NFL and Waddle was hurt for a lot of the year. So um, it, things were so easy for Mac Jones. I don't think that can be overstated how difficult it's going to be in the NFL versus Alabama's offense, which was just a juggernaut and so well coached and, and so well designed. Uh, but th- that was a tangent again that we didn't need to go on because the questions about Lance and Fields and Lance accuracy yeah. issues. What do you think about Trey Lance's accuracy, Matt? Fields' issues don't really worry me. I mean, I'm not a big proponent. Like everyone killed Philip Rivers with his release because it was so strange. But it's kind of how he's been doing it, and it's worked. I mean, it's different if it's a left witch, super long release. But if you just throw the ball a little differently or not in a prototypical way, that doesn't usually bother me too much. Lance's accuracy issues bother me. Uh, I mean, he misses too many throws he should make. And to me, that is a big worry. Um, And to me, that's probably the thing that hurt him the most about not having a real season like the rest of these guys. Like, if you could say... Boy, he's obviously been working on it. He's getting a lot more accurate. And I'm sure he's been working on it like crazy. And by all accounts, he's an extremely hard worker, getting tutelage from quarterback gurus and whatnot. So he may come into the league and be like, wow, he's a lot more accurate than I remember. Dak Prescott was like that. I mean, Josh Allen got more and more accurate at this level. It's rare over history, but it there is a precedent for it lately. But it concerns me. I mean, Mac Jones aside... It might be my number one negative of the top four guys. It's just so much projection, which is why the the Lance thing is difficult. And that you're absolutely right. That year of not being able to play hurt him because he could have put some great stuff on tape and you see the, yeah. the improvement because it might already be there. Right. But we just don't know. And, and, and we talked about this yesterday. The conventional wisdom is you have him sit for a year. Well, now he hasn't played for two full seasons. And, <laughs> right, you know, right. The last time he played, he played one game since 2019, all the way up until you're trying to start him in 2022. You know, so that's over. That's almost three full years of of not playing ball. So that worries me a lot. And I, 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 I the more I think about it, if he does fall in the draft a little bit, which he could, and he could go as high as number three, I'm not sure. But if he falls a little bit, I think the decision to come out, since it was already made pre-pandemic for him, I'm sure, um, he might have needed to rethink that because if he went back, he would absolutely be the favorite for the number one overall pick next year. And just putting it on tape one more year would have been massive for Trey Lance. Uh, So we'll see if he can overcome all that. There's just so much projection there, and I like the prospect a lot. It's just really hard to to put him above the, the other three guys because of those reasons there's two things about his inaccuracy is is first of all he misses a lot of short easy ones and 
to me, that's not Niner friendly. I mean, that's a different conversation altogether. But I mean, hitting everybody in stride, timing, hit Debo Samuel on a quick crosser, and he misses it. That that doesn't it, it, that doesn't add up too much with the Shanahan move. And then one thing I think he certainly will will get better at is there's times that he just doesn't throw with enough touch. You know, he'll put a lot of lot of mustard behind it when he doesn't have to. This one from Cody Blue Carp on Twitter says, "Not a conspiracy guy, but what are the chances?" Since only NFL guys are the ones saying Jones is the number three pick is to create more ratings and some offseason drama. What's the past draft case where all the smoke was actually right or all the smoke was actually wrong? 23 days to go, he says. Oh, man. Yeah, there's so much uh, hand wringing over this. 49ers Twitter is going to kill themselves, by the way. There's a pro. There's a I very, can only imagine. There's a very small pro Mac Jones crowd. Most people are very anti Mac Jones and uh, are going to lose their minds if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers at three. I don't think there's a big conspiracy theory here. In fact, I think it's it's the opposite. Look for the easiest answer. The easiest answer is just some lazy analysis as far as Jones goes. It's like, okay, Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub. And I keep hearing that idea that I think it was uh, Tannenbaum on ESPN is like, uh, Matt Schaub. Uh, Matt Jones is the most the quarterback closest to Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub had great success in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like you're trading up for Matt Schaub. Like, are you listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth? It's it's insane. So he might actually be the pick, but some of the analysis of why I think is somewhat lazy, and a lot of the analysts, which is surprising. I saw it with McShay's mock. Saw it with Daniel Jeremiah's mock. They have. Mac Jones is a late first, but then they're like, yeah, it makes total sense that he would be picked at, at three. And it's like, wait, does it? You're saying that a borderline first round pick trading up to three makes sense because it doesn't to me. So that's that's where I don't get it. And I don't think they're just trying to create drama or anything like that. I just think it's uh, nobody knows and they're trying to uh, make their best guess. I mostly agree with you because, again, I would not make that pick by any stretch of the imagination. And I think the beauty of the Shanahan offense is you can get an awful lot of production out of Schaub, Cousins, Jimmy, whoever, you know, the the middle of the road guy that does his job, you know, the Belichickian phrase there. But boy, there's too much smoke for me to believe that there's not fire. You know, when Schefter and... Daniel Jeremiah and all the guys that are in the know are reporting it. I think Mac Jones is going number three. They're definitely hearing it from somewhere. Maybe they're hearing yes. it from the Niners. If they're hearing it from the Niners, that makes me think it's it's a smokescreen and it's it's not correct. I don't know why the 49ers would need I'm to I'm not put sure out what's the game at that right though right. at this point. Exactly. I mean, if you and know the top two picks, who are you fooling? And the, the the latest one was Schefter saying that he fully expects it to be Mac Jones yeah. at three. Yeah. And so that, that does carry some weight. And by the way, he was uh, a co-writer of Mike Shanahan's book. That's a, that's another connection that folks yeah. are drawing now, thinking maybe Mike Shanahan's spilling the beans to Adam Schefter. So who knows? We'll find out. We'll find it's out. It's a good connection, though. Soon. Mike yeah. Shanahan's going to be involved in this decision. Yeah. Mike Shanahan was with the 49ers quarterbacks coach and assistant GM at Justin Fields Pro Day. Too. Yeah, as he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's... When Michael Corleone keeps takes over and Vito's still consigliere in the background, <laughs> you use that resource. You absolutely do. All right. Uh, more <laughs> mailbag coming up here on this Wednesday episode talking about uh, Teddy Bridgewater versus Sam Darnold. And we talked about number eight. What about the Denver Broncos at number nine next? It's Masters Week and you can get in on that action at Bet Online. Dot A G. 
Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and NFL draft props, which are super fun. You can get in on all of it at Bet Online. Who will be the first pick, the second pick? I think we have a really good vibe on that, but pick number three, I think you can make yourself some money. First of certain positions off the board that are going to add more NFL draft props as we get closer as well. And Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They even cover awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free. To sign up, all you got to do, head over to the website. You can use your mobile app, mobile device. Use promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Really quick, and since I cover the 49ers and I put a, a, a tweet out there asking for questions for our show, there's a ton of Niner-related stuff. I've seen a lot of this, and I just want to quickly squash it. A lot of people say, okay, what about, why did they, if they, what if they traded up to number three to draft the best player in the draft, which is actually Kyle Pitts? What if they traded up to number three, so now that they'll have the draft capital for a pick uh, to trade for Aaron Rodgers or uh, Matt Ryan or maybe waiting for Watson? No, no, no. None of that. They traded up for a quarterback to draft at number three, period. That's what the 49ers are doing. So I just want to put that out there, and I hope I stop getting yeah. those questions. I even put that out there the day of the trade. Like, boy, how awesome would it be if they just trusted Jimmy and they did this for Kyle Pitts because he's that special? But that's not how the NFL works. No, it's not. They, how- there's somebody they love. They're taking a quarterback at three. That would be amazing. And I could have seen them throw in one extra pick if they moved up from 12 to like six and got, got mm-hmm. Pitts. I mean, that would be fun to see Kittle and Pitts together. But no, they, they moved up for a quarterback. You do that on draft day, though. You don't do it now. Right, right exactly. Barry says... Well, actually, I guess the Miami Dolphins did that now. Moved up to to six from twelve, for for I, think I guess I guess for a similar yeah, reason. Knowing they'll get one of three, but they know. Yeah, they they have a good idea. Uh, Barry says, "What does Denver do now? They seem to have missed out on getting a veteran to pair with Locke. Is it draft a QB at nine or wait the Watson thing out? It can't be run with Locke on his own, surely." And I know you agree with that. It can't be just luck, but it's been so long. We thought that last year, and now we're getting close to the draft. I, it, it just it looks to me like quarterback is very much in play for them. Maybe it's a trade up for a quarterback. Maybe it's wait and see at nine. Then after the draft, figure out whatever whatever they want to do to push lock. But uh, and maybe it's you know not a first round quarterback. But I, I fully believe it's quarterback for the Denver Broncos at nine or move up or later in the draft. And I'll, I will probably continue to mock quarterback to the Denver Broncos at nine. Yeah. They've had a very good off season. They have a very good young roster. I mean, everybody used to mock a corner to Denver at nine when certain and Farley were fighting for that first spot in the corner ranks. But since then Denver signed, you know, fuller and they're good at corner now. I mean, would they turn their nose up at another one? Probably not. They're a little bit no man's land at nine, unless a quarterback falls in their lap. Um, I think they're the most likely candidate to go to four. If Atlanta gets out of four, I think the Patriots are a shot, but Denver's much more in striking range. Mm-hmm. You know, Atlanta could go to nine and still end up maybe getting a, a you know a certain or whoever. Um, so I think Denver could absolutely get to four and just take Fields or Lance or whomever. Um, at nine's a little bit of no man's land, though. Like I said, I mentioned I'm doing a, 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 a mock draft now. 
I think they would consider Sewell. I think they might consider Slater as a, a, a consolation prize. But the one name I keep coming back to for them, if they stick, which it might be a little early, but after Micah Parsons' pro day at Penn State, I think teams are really going to covet him. And if you look at Vic Fangio's history, I mean, even going back to your guys, Bowman and Willis and drafting Roquan Smith, I mean, having that stud every down linebacker is very important to him and would complete that defense. There is some Patrick Willis to that with just how much of a freak of nature he is and how fast he is to the ball. Uh, And, you know, almost almost exactly the same 6'2", 240, and just blazing speed. So uh, I could see Vic Fangio really liking the linebacker. There's off-field stuff, which I think is going to keep him out of the top 10, but maybe not. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to know what teams feel like is a red flag and what teams don't. There's going to be a fine player for them at number nine. I could see it going a lot of directions, but for me right now, quarterback is too important. New GM in town, too. Is he going to make his stamp? or Could they go up and, and get a quarterback? I think... Trey Lance at four makes a ton of sense for them if they were able to get up there. And there's, I think, a path to Trey Lance to play a little bit with Locke. You can actually put him on the field as a rookie, and you can do some fun things with him. Is that the style of offense that Denver wants to run? Um, He could push the player, but he's not forced to, to play right now because they do have Drew Locke. So any of the teams that have a quarterback that's ready to start now makes sense to me for Trey Lance. But I don't want Trey Lance to fully sit either. So it has to be a, you know an offensive coordinator who's willing to maybe put Trey Lance on the field a little bit because the guy needs to see the field. Also, I don't know that they could pry Jimmy out of San Francisco, but I would be trying if I were them. And I mentioned this yesterday, I think. I'd be on the phone with Jacksonville about Gardner Minshew you know, or somebody like that because there's right. no guarantee you're getting one in this draft. And a veteran might not be such a terrible route to let Locke you know, take a step back and go from there. Not that Minshew's old, but it's a great segue. Eric had a question that's specifically for you. He doesn't want my opinion on it. He wants an outsider's okay. opinion on it. When it comes to the 49ers, he says, if Sam Darnold got a second and a fourth and a sixth, what's Jimmy G's trade value. So let's say they don't get a quarterback at nine. The first round is over and Jimmy G's on the table for the Denver Broncos. You are George Payton. What are you offering for Jimmy Garoppolo? See, one thing that's a side note is we really laid it out yesterday how the Jets viewed the value of Darnold. That, hey, I can keep him and get a third-round comp pick for him, so you got to beat that. you know. And to some of these quarterback deals aren't all created equally. Like the Stafford deal in particular isn't a precursor for what Jimmy's worth or what Watson's worth because they took Goff in the deal and had to add more to get Goff. You know I mean? Like, the money and the contracts are important here. I know you weren't asked this question, but I know you know this better than I do. I don't think Jimmy's contract is prohibitive, correct? You can get out of it very easily, but it is a lot of money. So as long as you can fit it but under the cap. But it wouldn't kill Denver to add him. Right, exactly. And you could Pretty prob- friendly for the new team. You could create some space and you know, even lock him into something or even see if he'll take a pay cut. That could be part of it. I don't know. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's not prohibitive to for the 49ers to trade, but it is a lot of money for unless you believe he's a starting caliber quarterback for the next two years. But he's locked in for two years, and you could restructure it and, and get more space this year if you wanted to. So there's some team friendliness to it. And you don't have to. He's not a lame duck one-year one, one year guy, right. which yes. is important. 
I think the going rate then, because I think, again, you weren't asked, so you got to be quiet on this one. I think San Fran's very happy to keep Jimmy, maybe even start him, maybe even start him for 17 games and win a lot of games, you know, and and you know, do the Alex Smith-Mahomes routine. So it's not like we have to get rid of this guy. He's a cancer or, you know, we need to get him out of the building so the new guy can grow. I don't feel that way at all. So you'd have to give up a pretty decent pick. I think Denver's early second rounder, the ninth-ish pick or so in round two this year, would be enough for both to say yes. I would absolutely take that if I'm the 49ers. I'm I bet, not sure I if bet, they yeah. would. Albert Breer put it out there that the 49ers are basically saying, look, if you give us a first rounder, we have no choice to do it because we know we're drafting a quarterback, but they want to win now too. And it also mm-hmm. points to them maybe drafting one of the uh, more raw prospects. I, that's it, it makes me point to Fields or Lance at three for the 49ers because they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. So, um, yeah, but a two, I think they can send a fourth round pick for Minshew. You know, I mean, they could do something like that, too. Or maybe uh, later on in the summer, 49ers in camp see the rookie like this guy's ready to go. Let's trade Jimmy G. So maybe it's a a conditional third that could become a second next year or something like that. But it would probably have to be it's definitely a day two pick and a second rounder, I think, is what it would take to get it done right now. Yeah, that, that early Denver second rounder for Jimmy might make everybody happy. So less than Mitch or I mean, less than Sam Darnold, but. You know, not a lot less similar. Yeah. I mean, uh, the ninth pick in this draft is worth a lot more than a That's second true. rounder a year from the now. next year. Second. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And maybe a future second is what it would be anyway. So um, mm-hmm. here's Joshua had a couple. Uh, I, I was saying Mitch there because he compared Sam Darnold to Mitch Trubisky. And in a lot of ways, Mitch Trubisky's actually played better in the NFL than Sam Darnold. So to, to put that out there, uh, Joshua sure, says, I feel yeah. like they're comparable. Yet Trubisky signed a minimum deal in free agency. Carolina gave up valuable draft capital for Darnold. What do you think there? Mitch has outplayed Sam Darnold in a lot of ways. So I get what Josh was saying here, but I think it's just the, like Sam Darnold's only a year older than Mac Jones. Right. He's 23. I know. I mean, if I knew nothing about either player, just watch their NFL tape. You could say Trubisky's had the better career. They're not close to me though. I mean, I think Darnold could be a starter in this league. I'm not saying he will be. I don't think Trubisky can. I think Trubisky could be a bottom of the rung one, more likely come off the bench, ignite the team too. I do like what Buffalo did to take the chance on him, kind of in a Winston-like fashion, sit him behind an obvious starter, rebuild him a little bit, see how that works out. Trubisky's accuracy to me, I mean, I know we just had this conversation with Fields. I don't know that that's fixable. He just doesn't throw the ball as well as Sam. Right. Yeah. No, Sam Darnold has shown, shown flashes of, and albeit few and far between, flashes of why he was drafted so high. Mitch Trubisky hasn't yeah. shown nearly as many. He's younger, and it's just a more obvious bad situation for Sam Darnold. I think, you know, everyone's expecting, or I think at least the Carolina Panthers, Panthers have enough reason to expect, yeah, maybe this is a Ryan Tannehill situation where he just bombed with Adam Gase, and we can get a lot more out of him, and Joe Brady could be that guy. We'll find out. Oh, I assume that's the way they think. Yeah. Right. Uh, the second part of Joshua's question here, he says, and this is an easy answer, I think. He said, everyone is so certain the Jets are taking Zach Wilson, but what happens if they uh, take one of the other quarterbacks instead? How does that change the draft boards? Well, I don't think it changes at all because Zach Wilson then just goes three. So uh, then right. four, five, six is all the same as it would have been. So I don't think it changes anything unless the Jets don't take a quarterback at all. And if they take Kyle Pitts or something like that, which is not going to happen now because we know they traded Darnold for a reason. So um, I, I, to me, it just doesn't change anything. 
No, and I'm not making fun of the question, but I think Wilson to two is almost as, as much of a slam dunk as Lawrence is one. I think it's over. That's the way it feels. That's absolutely yeah, the yeah. way it feels. I think that's it. I think we're out of time here. All right. Maybe that's we'll it. mock it up either tomorrow or the next day. I'm yeah. sure we have some more questions floating around. I can't wait get to back take to a some peek. position ranks, you know? Yeah, we got to get into the more position ranks. I can't wait to, to take a peek at your latest mock draft and see how things have changed. That and more positional rankings, NFL draft coverage every day right here. Peacock and Williamson.